2014, Coldplay released their sixth studio album, Ghost Stories, which is perhaps the most beautiful response to a conscious uncoupling that I've heard of. Chris Martin seems like a good guy to me. I'd love to have a beer with him, or maybe a soya latte and some quinoa. And on that album, he sings, because you're a sky, you're a sky full of stars, such a, heaven, such a heavenly view. You're such a heavenly view. And ancient Hebrew writers used this term, sky full of stars, when trying to define God. God was so massive, they tried to use the biggest thing in the natural world to describe the supernatural. Mountains, oceans, skies full of stars. And in the, the passage we've just read from John, we, we see him, just like Chris Martin, trying to express, trying to articulate who this God is. Any theologian, any scholar worth their salt would say they struggle to come anywhere close to pinning down God. Yet we also have this God who chose to reveal himself to us at Christmas. The infinite becomes an infant. And because there was no room at the inn, this sky full of stars becomes a child under a sky full of stars. John, who wrote this, uh, he described himself as the one whom Jesus loved. It's, now, it's maybe the, the most flagrant name-dropping in the history of the world. But it's also interesting that being so up close and personal with Jesus... The main way that he understood himself was as loved by Jesus. And in this passage, he says that Jesus is the Word. Amidst fake news and postmodernity, where everything is true, so nothing is, he says that there is a firm reference point and a very particular one. I love what Bono of you two as opposed to the other Bono, uh, what Bono spoke about when he understood this more and more. And he said that the idea that God, if there is a force of love and logic in the universe, that, that it would seek to explain itself is amazing enough. That it would seek to explain itself and describe itself by becoming a child born in straw poverty. A child. I just thought, wow. Just the poverty. Unknowable love unknowable power, describes itself as the most vulnerable. There it was. I was sitting there. And it's not that it hadn't struck me before, but the tears came down my face, and I saw the genius of this, the utter genius of picking a particular point in time and deciding to turn on this. Unknowable truth and grace takes on flesh, to know and to be known. This heavenly view was actually a child in a manger, a child that would grow up and we could relate to and begin to learn what this indescribable God is like. Coldplay sing, you get lighter, the more it gets dark. In verse 5 of John's passage, we read, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's been a year of huge darkness. 
did, in fact, John and Coldplay get it wrong? Is it actually that the, that the darkness has overcome the light? I was up at the site of the Grenfell Tower in the days after the fire, and I felt quite helpless, and the darkness was palpable in the air, and it was really hard to know how to bring light, yet we also saw the community rally around in an amazing way. And if we're being honest, there isn't just darkness around us, but we also know there's darkness within us too. The sociologist and historian Alexander Solzhenitsyn spent time in a gulag labor camp, and he wrote this on his experiences. Gradually, it was disclosed to me that the, the line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. There's this reality of darkness. So we need something outside of ourselves. We need a light source to extinguish the darkness. The answer to our darkness is not more darkness, but light. And Jesus, the light of the world, stepped down into darkness. And he actually took on our darkness. He was described as a man of sorrows, much acquainted with deepest grief. This was no mistake. Jesus chose to consciously couple with our condition and to consciously uncouple us from darkness. But what is this light? It still feels quite metaphorical. What does this light look like? In verse 14, we read that Jesus is full of grace and truth. We can't handle the truth. We cover up the truth. But he totally handles the truth with total grace. When he shines his light on you, you can be totally true with God, and he will be totally gracious to you. We search for the truth in a sky full of stars of spirituality, yet Jesus has embraced our humanity in all its messiness and said, I am the truth. The founders of every major religion said, I'll show you how to find God. But Jesus said, I am God who has come to find you. Truth and grace. Coldplay sing, you light up the path. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way to God. I am the way to fulfillment. I sympathize with people who say, I'm spiritual, but not religious. I'm spiritual, but not religious. I really do. But investigate this Jesus, and you will not find someone about rules and regulations, but about relationship. 
And he is something far more exciting than mere morality. He has this magnetic pull for the misfits and the outcasts. He's the one who says to the woman caught in adultery, I don't condemn you. Now go and leave your life of sin. He's the one who says, love your enemies. He shows us a very different way, the way of truth and grace. Someone who is part of the church community here is John Sutherland. And there he is. John joined the Met in 1992 and quickly rose through the ranks with a number of senior roles, including most recently the Borough Commander in Southwark, and dealing face-to-face on the front line with the very worst of humanity and hugely traumatic experiences. In early 2013, he suffered a major breakdown and then a battle with crippling depression. But perhaps his bravest act was writing this Sunday Times bestseller, Blue, Keeping the Peace and Falling to Pieces. And he's given a great TED Talk, and I cannot recommend both the book and the talk to you highly enough. And writing in the aftermath of his illness and returning to work, he he wrote this. But faith, the truth is I am less certain of more things than I've ever been before. I have many more questions than I have answers. But I have begun to discover this thing called grace. The rumor that I am loved beyond measure, just as I am. Loved beyond measure, just as you are. In verse 16, we see that grace is a gift. You can't earn it. If it's not a gift, then it's not grace. This Christmas gift to you and me is unconditional love, forgiveness of all the ways that we fall short. And to receive it is to begin to do away with the darkness within us and let our lives be filled with more and more and more light. There's a great freedom that comes when someone who knows the worst about you loves you completely. In verse 12, John says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Christmas is not just about the child in the manger. Christmas is also about us becoming like a child. Christmas is, in theory, supposed to be a time when we collapse into a comfy armchair and breathe a sigh of relief. Sort of, ah, that sound, that feeling. This is what knowing yourself as a child of God means. Christmas is not a time to escape reality, but to enter more fully into it. To know that we are held and loved to be honest about ourselves and the world around us and to let this light reveal things, to help us to see clearly. The light of the world enables us to see ourselves in a different light. And like a child, all we have to do 
is receive this Christmas gift. How do we respond? The song goes on. You're a sky full of stars. I'm going to give you my heart.